Hi there, it's Adam Leventhal and welcome to the latest Premier League Countdown podcast from The Athletic. The 2019-20 season is approaching fast and we're bringing you 20 shows on the Ornstein and Chapman feed, each one dedicated to a different Premier League team as we build up to the action returning. Now, if you're not already a subscriber, you can sign up right now and take advantage of our 30-day free trial by going to theathletic.com forward slash Ornstein and Chapman to enjoy the best football writing anywhere just as the season makes its return. Now, in this episode, we're focusing on Wolves, sixth in the table as it stands, just two points behind Manchester United in what could yet prove to be a crucial fifth spot, depending on the outcome of Manchester City's appeal at the Court of Arbitration for Sport. And we can welcome the Athletics' dedicated Wolverhampton Wanderers writer Tim Spears to the show, also the co-host of our dedicated Wolves Club podcast, The Molyneux View, alongside Jackie Oatley. Uh, It too has been running episodes all season and throughout the lockdown featuring some pretty big interviews. Uh, Any recent favourites to direct our listeners to, Tim? We've had a couple of people who've recently left the club. Jordan Graham, who kind of eloquently explained why him and Nuno didn't see eye to eye because he's been released. Uh, We've had ex-sporting director Kevin Thelwell told us about his 11 years at the club. We've had Connor Cody, uh, former owner Steve Morgan, board member John Goff. Everybody, every everybody, they, they, they've been calling us to to come on, Adam. It's been uh, it's been crazy, but yeah, no, they're they're, they're all they're, they're all there. We tried to get as many guests as possible over the past uh, couple of months. So yeah, have a listen if you haven't. Yeah, do check it out. Um, and one other thing before we sort of get into the nitty gritty of the of the football returning, what have Wolves been like to deal with uh, as a football club during lockdown? Because some clubs have been um, very open, some have been more sort of quiet and and secretive. What have Wolves been like? They've they've been really good because I think I think they're proud of what they've done in terms of how they've reacted to this and they've been very proactive and that kind of was was led by Jeff Shi, um, the chairman who saw what happened in China and in Shanghai in, in particular and, and how they dealt with the virus and um, brought those lessons to this country and Wolves were I think the first club to close their training ground and they've been excellent with their communication with their with their keeping the players fit. And keeping everybody happy, I've heard I've heard nothing but but glowing references from everybody I speak to at the club. To be honest, so I think they all feel very comfortable with the situation and very comfortable with with coming back in a very safe environment. And that is obviously great to hear. And all the noises, let's be honest, from from Wolves for the last couple of seasons have been ones of positivity. It's been great on and off the field. From your point of view, seeing where Wolves reached before lockdown, what are your expectations for for the rest of the season? Well, we were all enjoying the journey, really, and it came to a halt in March with Wolves sixth in the table, as you mentioned, very close to fifth place, which could be Champions League spot, but also this this wonderful Europa League adventure that, that they've been on. They're in the last 16. They feel, they genuinely feel that they can win this competition, and and they've got a couple of possible routes into Champions League football, which which if you'd said two years ago, you know, no, no one would have believed you, to, to be honest. Um, so yeah, their, their form was was a little bit indifferent, despite the kind of momentum and where they're where they're at. I think it actually came at a good time this this break for them because Wolves' season began in July, and and it will finish in July. I mean that's got to be unprecedented, um, thirteen months of uh, thirteen month season. But yeah, they'd won they'd won. You could say they won three of ten before lockdown. But you could also say they were unbeaten in five, uh, and both of those would be entirely accurate. So it depends if your glass is half full or empty. I mean, they had um, people will remember 
a wonderful victory at Spurs um, in early March, came, coming from 2-1 down to win 3-2. But they'd also had three nil-nils in five games. And an issue they had was Adama Traore, who, again, as people might recall, um, his shoulder kept popping out. So it was dislocated three times in a couple of months during matches. And that was really troubling him. You, you, you could see, I think you could almost see he was thinking about it on, on the pitch, which is understandable. So hopefully three months off has given has given that time to heal. And um, yeah, Wolves, uh, Wolves have been the comeback kings this season. 21 points from, from comebacks, from, from losing positions rather, which Nuno won't like. You know, he'll want more control. They're the worst first half team in the league, believe it or not. But, um, but I think the third best second half team. So... Um, Things to wind out, things to improve on and lots to look forward to because I think they feel that if, if they can go at this full pelt for two months and really garner some momentum, then it could end with um, with something extremely successful. And obviously now we're, we're heading into a situation that we've, we've never been in before. I know Wolves are sort of well briefed in having a very, very busy schedule, but do you think that the, the depth of that Wolves squad is going to be tested and are there almost procedures and plans in place to, to rotate the squad considering how many games there are going to, there are going to be they don't really like they don't really like rotation they tried that at the start of the season with this with the Europa League and they were kind of making five six changes Thursday to Sunday and it didn't work it didn't work Adam you'll, you'll remember when Watford came to Molyneux in September that it was, it was 19th v 20th you know Wolves had made such a bad start in their first six games um, so Nuno kind of stopped the rotation after that point and results started to become more more consistent as a result so they're fine in terms of recovery and yeah again well documented their their voodoo magic or whatever it is they do with their players to get them fit and ready I mean they had five injuries last season I still can't get my head around that five injuries all season and all of those were, were, were three weeks or less um, and it's been it's been almost as good this season I still think that they've had a few more injuries but I still think they'll be one of the best in the league if not the best so um, Nuno likes a small squad that's his preference he doesn't want any more players hanging around he likes a close-knit squad he likes every player to know, every senior player to know that he'll be part of the next match day squad. He thinks that um, kind of having your nineteenth, twentieth, twenty-first man hanging around, knowing he's not going to be playing, will will create negativity. So, if anyone can handle this, it'll it'll be Wolves. Um, I know it's unprecedented with three months off, but and we've seen in the Bundesliga, you know, a real a real spike in muscle injuries. So some some may be inevitable, but um, but I think if any, if anyone's going to be able to to handle it and, and ward off injuries it is Wolves if not then they might be in a little bit of trouble because yeah as you say they've only used 20 players a couple of those have actually left the club now and their they're under 23s are a little bit untested um, but I think overall you'd have to back them to cope with it pretty well Obviously, the, the break has been good for, for players to help their recovery, but it has also allowed people to, to speculate quite a lot, to, to fill the time. Do you think that the future of Raul Jimenez has, has changed at all due to some of the, the links that there have been during this, uh, this lockdown? And is there any chance of his, of his head having been turned at all? I mean, it's a good point. We've all, we've all had time to kind of sit and ruminate, haven't we, um, about what the future may hold. And and Jimenez, um, I guess, will be no different. I mean, even if he has had his head 
turns. And yeah, there, you're right. There has been a lot of speculation, and, and his his dad's been talking in Mexico, and and we had his cousin speaking on the, on the Athletic about um, how he was a Real Madrid fan as a lad, and how he'd love to play for them, etc. But even if he has had his head turned, it's going to take fifty million at least to, to prize him away. You know, Wolves are, Wolves are not going to sell him for for anything less than that, in my mind. Since as they paid thirty two million for him, you know, only a year ago. I guess the issue with Jimenez is he's twenty nine. Now that's a good thing in that some clubs will be put off by his age, but it's perhaps a bad thing from for Wolves from the players' perspective in that he's twenty nine and he's got one big move left. Right? You know, you, you'd imagine. Um, and if he wants to play regularly in the Champions League, which he hasn't really done in his career, then then now now would be the time for him to look to do that. And you see Man United regularly links with him. And if Spurs sold Harry Kane, I think he'd be a very, very good replacement, in my opinion. But he's not going to be there you know, for five years because because of his age. So um again, a slight issue in that a lot of these a lot of these guys at Wolves, people like Ruben Neves, Diogo Jota, Willy Bolly, you know, they're real star players, have been here three years now which kind of feels like a bit of a natural cycle for players to perhaps be thinking about their their futures. Um, if Wolves are in the Champions League, then I, I can see everybody staying for another season, you know, Nuno included. I think they'll want to carry on this this adventure and this project, that the, as they call it. Um, but if not, if they're back in the Europa qualifiers or, or perhaps not in Europe, then these guys know that they're good enough to be to be Champions League regulars. Um but Wolves, Wolves are in the driving seat in terms of they're all on long-term contracts and they'd all demand very big fees for them to leave the club. So um, I wouldn't be too concerned at this point, but it, but it may depend on how the next two months go. Just looking down the, the fixture list for Wolves, and it looks pretty good, doesn't it? I know everyone has to play everyone twice, but West Ham, Bournemouth, Aston Villa... Arsenal at home, Sheffield United, Everton, Burnley, Crystal Palace and Chelsea. You know, we've obviously been discussing um, run-ins with uh, all of our uh, reporters at all the different clubs. And that looks like a really good run-in for Wolves. And it was interesting what Matt Murray was saying on one of your previous um, episodes about this being you know, the chance of a lifetime to get into the Champions League. They've got a wonderful opportunity uh, to, to make that huge step mainly due to the fact that that, that is a, a pretty good run-in, isn't it? I think it's the third best in, in the league. However, I think Man United have actually got statistically the best run-in. Um, I mean, obviously, we know it, we know it all won't go to the to the form book and in inverted commas. Um, but yeah, they, they have got a good run-in. West Ham, Bournemouth and Villa, your first three, you know, all, all teams that have struggled this season. So you could say that's a good thing. You could say it's a bad thing that you know these teams will be fighting for their lives. I mean, it's all it's all a great unknown, isn't it? But but yeah, in theory, in theory, it is once in a lifetime, unless this team stays together. In which case, I can see them being exactly where they are, if not higher. You know, this 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 time next season, whenever that may be. And I think they've proved that last season when they finished seventh, you know, was absolutely not a one-off. I think most people would have taken a top 10 finish this season if, if they're going to be deep into the Europa League, which they are now. Um, but no, they're, they're potentially going to finish higher than they did last season whilst still going deep in the Europa League, whilst having the smallest squad in the league. I mean, it's remarkable, really, that the, the, the job that he's done and the quality of teams they've played in the Europa League. You know, I see no reason why they, why they, why they can't win it. Um, and if you look statistically at the past kind of 10, 15 seasons, teams who, smaller clubs who are in the Europa League for the first time, like Burnley perhaps, or like Stoke or Swansea, they will drop down the table. But it's not, it's not the case with Wolves. So I, w- I would never write them off. Um, they have got a good run in. 
and if they can I've got no worries I've got no worries with them defensively but if if Traore and new signing Daniel Pedence who who hasn't done much since he moved in January from Olympiacos I think I think if they can, can if they can fire and and back up Jimenez and Jota then um then Wolves have got a very well-rounded team solid at the back productive in midfield and creative up front and You'd be a little bit concerned that Spurs and Arsenal may have a bit of a resurgence towards the end of the season, but but Wolves won't look at it like that. They'll have absolutely nothing to fear. They'll take each game as it comes, and um, and I'd back them to have a good finish. I really would. What do you think would happen to this Wolves side if Nuno Espirito Santo wasn't there? How important is he, and to the to the future success of the club? How important is it that he he stays, and how likely is that? considering how well he's doing. I know it's, a, it's sort of a three-pronged question, but I mean, it, it just all seems to rotate around him. He's the linchpin to all of this, isn't he? Yes, this is what keeps Wolves fans awake at night, um, the future of Nuno Spirito Santo. Yeah, if he if if he left, I'd, I'd be very concerned that, that the whole thing would not, if not fall apart, then would certainly lose the momentum that they've gained over the past unbelievable two, fairy tale three years that since he's been there. Um, I mean, his links with George Mendes, very well documented. And the fact that Mendes is so intrinsically linked with the club makes it makes it a perfect arrangement because he's Nuno's agent. He's very closely linked to Foson. Um, he's um, he's an extremely important important person for first-team transfers. And he's, yeah, he's one of Nuno's best mates. You know, they've known each other for, for 20 years. So as we've seen before Nuno... If if the line between the ownership, the the head coach and George Mendes, you know, isn't a seamless one, then things can then things can fall apart quite quickly. And the players adore him. You know, his man management is is up there with the best in the business. I think he really he really treads that line between respect and fear, which which I guess a lot of the great managers do. You know, people like Sir Alex Ferguson. You know, he, he can put his arm around you one minute and then he can he can give you the hair dryer the next. And Nuno's very much like that. But he lives for his players. You know, he's a very different person on the training pitch than he is in at, uh, in in a press conference room, for example, or just in general. Really, he's um, he gives everything to his players, and his backroom team are, are outstanding. You know, in terms of psychology and, and sports science, and you know, the, you, you you speak to the players about him, and they just say that he makes things sound so easy in terms of how he simplifies tasks for the players. He simplifies the formation. It's 3-4-3 three, three or 3-5-2 three, every single week. Um, and he makes them feel like they can win any game that they're playing. And that's reflected in the results. You know, they've beaten every big team in the league over the past couple of seasons. Man City, Liverpool, Man United. They've beaten a lot of them. Um, and that comes from Nuno. If he was to leave, I'd, I'd be very concerned about what would happen next. But at the moment, I think unless an elite club comes in for him, you know, there, there were there were murmurings of Arsenal being in for him mm. before they appointed Arteta. And I believe there was some substance to that. But I, I don't think he was on a short list. And I think if Arsenal had gone after him and made him their number one choice and given him everything he'd wanted, then he may have been tempted to go. I don't see a club doing that at this point. I don't see an elite club saying Nuno is undoubtedly the one man that they want that might be different if Wolves were in the Europa League or finished fourth or fifth um, but at the moment I think he's happy where he is he buys into the project he's happy in Wolverhampton um, his family has settled um, one of his kids has moved over here and as long as Wolves match his ambitions then he will stay and at the moment they have done that and uh, I think they will continue to do so 
final word, is there going to be European silverware and a Champions League finishing place trophy in the in the cabinet for Wolves at the end of this season? Are you confident of that? Oh, um, I don't like these. I don't like these format format changes for the Europa League that they're proposing. I think that makes it a bit of a lottery. You know, they're potentially talking about the quarters, the semis, and the final being played over a short space of time in one city, one leg. That makes it perhaps a bit more of a lottery. But that would suit Wolves, though, wouldn't it? They they take that. They're, they're used to it. You know, they've 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 had it all season. It wouldn't be that much of a change. No, perhaps not. And they're a good cup team. Um, they can get then get to a semi final, Adam. As you know, we won't talk about what uh, happens only next. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think the Europa League is a is a better avenue to Champions League than than Premier League. Um, just because of the quality, the quality of teams they've played so far is absolutely nothing to fear. Um, and we'll see. I, I think it's, I think it's good that they don't have to mix the Europa with the Premier League, and the two competitions will be separate. Personally, I can see them finishing sixth in the league, and yeah, I, 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 yeah, I can see them winning the Europa League. Yeah, let's go for it. Let's state it on the record. Fantastic. Nice, excellent, Tim. Thanks very much for your company. Enjoy the remainder of the season. Um, and just a reminder to everyone that if you're not already subscribing to the Athletic, make sure that you go to theathletic.com forward slash Ornstein and Chapman to enjoy all of Tim's articles on Wolves. Uh, you can currently take advantage of a 30-day free trial if you want to try it out before committing to a full subscription. And with that, you'll enjoy all the best football writing as the Premier League returns. And Wolves fans, if you weren't already uh, aware, then make sure that you are subscribing and listening to the Molyneux View available on all good podcast providers for free and ad-free via the Athletic app. Uh, They'll bring you the very best coverage of your club throughout the rest of the season and beyond. And keep an eye on this podcast feed and the Athletic app to hear all 20 of our Premier League countdown podcasts, each one dedicated to a different team. We'll see you for the next one. Take care. 